Radical, episode 117. Ladies and gents, welcome to Radical. Thank you for being with me. Uh, this is episode 117. I uh, was supposed to release this on Friday, and I really, uh, man, I, I apologize. I had a last-minute opportunity to get on a plane and get up to Pittsburgh this weekend for the Pennsylvania Libertarian Convention. And I got to tell you, um, given the opportunity, I jumped at it. Uh, Dave Smith was speaking. Scott Horton was speaking. Um, Jeff Dice was there. I mean, you name it, man. It was it was incredible. And we, were, we had so many people who showed up for this event that have been just cracking along for liberty for, you know, ages, ages. And I mean, it's the... I mean, I can't wait to do the show about this. I'm going to get you guys an extra show this week. Uh, I apologize for only getting the, the one show out last week. It's just been it's been a nut house. I, I got to tell you. I mean, it's it's been uh, really really busy, but in a good way. Things are happening. I, I, I the excitement around the Mises Caucus right now and what's going on in this country. Boy, it's, something has switched. Something has changed, and I I it's coming. It is roaring right now. Uh, I have updates for you guys on what happened with the uh, the police down here. I've got people reaching out to me from the police departments. And I'm going to talk about all this kind of stuff as things kind of mature and come in. But uh, I definitely will get you guys that show um, on my thoughts over the weekend. Uh, meeting you know some of the people that I consider absolute uh, heroes in this movement. And I know they don't want to be, you know, you know, the heroes, but they are, you know, the people that have really been doing this for a long time, the guys that have really brought in tons and tons of people into the Liberty movement. And, uh, boy, I mean, just the, the gratitude I have to be part of it, just absolutely amazing. But, um, today's show, I have a guest, his name is Andrew Howard. Uh, you'll hear it in the introduction to the show. Um, but I hope you guys really enjoy this. He's a fellow Ricondo and, um, great guy great guy that stood uh, his ground in a, in a time and a place where it was extremely unpopular. So without further ado, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Radical. Radical. Episode 117, I have got a guest for you guys tonight. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, he shares a lot in common with me. He is also uh, of the reconnaissance community out of the Marine Corps. But uh, I think there's going to be a, a fun little twist for you guys and a lot of respect, uh, especially on this end. Um, the, uh, the new host and creator of the podcast renegade uh he was uh, so kind to have me on his first show and i said you know what man like you got to come and do my show because this is this is what it's all about is is bringing guys up and doing everything that we can to increase the voices of liberty in the space um he is andrew howard andrew welcome to the show sir Thanks for having me. Great to be on here. It's nice, you know, uh, you know, if two guys are complaining about the government, you know, it's one thing, but if they both work for the government, then, you know, that says something else. So it's great to be on here. Yeah, man. Renegade, uh, radicals, renegades, man. Before that I had the rebellion. It's like we, us recon guys have, uh, something with ours. I don't know. And, and being and somewhat, uh, ungovernable for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, there there is uh, definitely an independent sort of uh, mentality that you have to have going into it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome, man. Uh, let's 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 get a little bit of of your background. Um, you uh, like like myself uh, went into uh, the Marine Corps and decided that you know, hey, maybe I'll go try out this reconnaissance thing, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, when I was young, I mean, I, I grew up with a militaristic family. I had my, you know, my stepdad was a major in the army for 25 years. Brother was uh, in the Air Force for nearly a decade. And, you know, cousin was in the army, got a bronze star, great uncle, got a purple heart in North Korea. So it was like, you know, and I hated school, too. I hated school. And that's how they get you. They go to the, the young men that hate school, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I wanted to to join the Marine Corps. and. I, uh, you know, I wanted to, to see how far I could push myself. And 
I've always been attracted to the special operations sort of elite job. And uh, so I joined Marine Reconnaissance. Yeah. And, and what year uh, were you getting into this? I joined when I was 17. So that was 2014 when I joined with a recruiter and I started boot camp in, or excuse me, 2014, I was with a recruiter. I started boot camp in 2015. Yeah. And so you get in, get through, get into reconnaissance. And um, at what point did you just start going, what the hell are we doing? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, I, I had some lingering thoughts uh, early on in the process. And I, I, I think I think a lot of people probably do in the military because in my opinion, you go ahead. Lingering yeah. thoughts, ling, lingering thoughts. I, I don't want to interrupt you too much, but like when, when you say that, man, I, I, I like to break this down for especially people who have never been there or or maybe kids that are considering it. Right. Like wh what kind of lingering thoughts did you have? Well, I mean, you know, when you're in boot camp, they after depending on what platoon you're in, but uh, oftentimes they make you say the word kill after you get an order. You got to kill, you know, you got to like mop the floor, kill, you know, and um, that's a little odd. I, I understand like, from <laughs> from uh, their perspective, they want you to be able to just kill no matter what. Mm -hmm. But, um, kill you know, command. like, yeah, like I, the, the brainwashing is is very apparent. And I think, you know. To, to be in like some guys are, are very easily brainwashed other guys kind of mess around and you know so I, I had that thought and but that definitely progressed the more I started reading you know later on in my my military career mm -hmm. yeah and so you know it's it, when I think you know those like we're not talking about like butterflies for the, like the, the challenge of going in and 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 going through training and and all the you know the the suck is what we call it right is you know going in and, and having to just kind of deal with the, the hardships of what it is to be a marine like that's not what you're talking about yeah no not i mean here's the thing is i i still to this day i'm more than happy to die for something i believe in but um there's that there's that line like if the troops really uh wanted to fight for freedom then they would attack washington dc and that's the absolute truth like i i just i got to a point where I realized the only people I was really fighting for are central banks and, you know, corrupt politicians and their corporate sponsors. So, uh, and yeah, I mean, once you realize that, then you realize that there is literally no, in my opinion, there's no honor being in the military. I don't think you can, even with Christians in the military, I, I, you know, I've gotten in this debate with Christians and they think you can somehow serve in the military and be a Christian. And to me, that just, does not make any sense, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, but as Smelly Butler says, most people realize this when they get out. He says, when I was in the Marine Corps, I was under suspended animation. So when they're, when you're in it, you're in an entirely different world and it's very hard to question that world you're in and get outside of it and, you know, understand that what you're doing is evil really. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, when, when you are, you know, when you're there, they, there's, there's peer pressure, there's, you know, this, this idea, like in the back of your head, kind of the survival, right. Is like, don't be last. You don't have to be first, but definitely don't be last. Don't fall out. Don't be the one that causes us not to accomplish our mission, whatever that is. Like, I don't care if it's going to the chow hall and being back in five minutes, like, don't be that guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be that guy. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know for you. It was very hard for me to like be a guy that just isn't noticed and blend in, you know? Uh, <laughs> <Me> so, <laughs> crazy. So, um, but yeah, I mean, but I mean, of course, every, re every recon guy wants to be first. I mean, it's not just, you know, not about not being last. So. Yeah. So, and where I'm going with this is, um, you know, we, we kind of talked off air, um, after my show with you and then uh, coming into this. And I, I definitely wanted to, to at least, you know, have this conversation because I think it is uh, not only interesting, I think it's inspiring um, to the point where I think it needs to be told. And I think it's uh, incredible that, you know, for the first time I've actually met somebody who was a conscientious objector. Um, and not only were you 
an objector, but you followed through with it. Yeah, I'm. It was it was, it was not a fun process, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's really not a fun process, and and really like one of the most just annoying, painful things about that process. Like literally, if I came out gay, that would have been easier. No shit. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it sounds like I'm joking, but I'm 100% serious. Like, you know, I, well, I, um, I believe it. Yeah. Like in my entire family was, they were like, what the hell happened with Andrew? You know, like what happened to him? Um, and uh, yeah. So basically I, I had to uh, go up to my commanding officer and hand him paperwork and tell him there, tell him right there. You know, I, I just, I don't want to support the U S military anymore. Uh, and then from there, it was just 10 months of pure suck, but not like the fun suck, not like physical pain. You're with your brothers and all that. Just, you know, yeah. not that it was, it was more so like, you're a traitor. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to be a recon a Marine anymore. You don't want to serve in the military anymore. You don't want to be in the Marine Corps anymore. Uh, you know, you're, you're trying to get out before your EAS date. Like, wow, what a traitor, you know? And I've been called like communist and all, all of these stupid things. But the, the most hilarious one, I'll say this, was uh, people knew I was libertarian, of course, and some people who never took any time to study political science whatsoever, you know, the same people who swear an oath to the Constitution but don't don't read the Constitution, they, they, they said I'm a liberal, you know? So it's like, yeah. oh my God, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like some guys just... And there's some really good dudes in the military too, but uh, you, you have some drones in there as well. Yeah, it's binary thought processing, right? Like it's it's what you're trained to do. Is like if it's not this, it must be this. There's there's all sorts of you know ridiculous tests in school that get you to start thinking in, in those sort of binary ways. The the idea, you know, that when uh, and and this is what I get to is the the peer pressure uh, to perform, to do well, to to you know be the marines marine especially in in you know reconnaissance right like it is it's it's a different part of the marine corps um by far and i guess a lot of people would say that but like you're a two-time volunteer like nobody can make you go through what you have to go through to become a recon marine right so when when i when i hear that you took a took this to that degree where you stood up against the i mean some of the most badass people that i've ever met in my life in terms of like just being you know functional uh mission accomplishment professional all at the same time um it 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 just it strikes it strikes the chord with me andrew and i and i and like this is what we have to have we have to have you know, men and women in this movement for liberty that are absolutely committed to it, no matter, you know, what the consequences are and that, you know, up and including, you know, your life. And so, you know, when I see this, when I see that you you're a person that's actually said to the commanding officer, hey, man, I'm out like I can't do this. And to take the 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 assault, may I say assault, I, I shouldn't use the word assault, but the you know, the, the backlash from a commanding officer and I imagine a, a lot of other dudes um, out there in that unit that you were probably friends with. A lot of them um, had, you know, some at least some respect, you know, going at that point and to, you know, have it kind of, you know, turned on its head, especially by a command staff. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I'm sure that was, you know, one of the, the worst parts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was. Um, and don't get me wrong. I still have some, a good amount of really good, you know, really good guys that I knew in the military. And, um, you know, we still, we still talk here and there and, and keep in touch, but, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, at first when I handed in my paperwork, uh, my commanding officer who gave me, I don't know he gave me some sort of award two months before that, I, I think I, I did the recon challenge. That's what it was. Oh, wow. Just because, I don't know, why not, you know? Uh, <laughs> but, Young uh, times of energy, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, anyways, he told, told, like, basically my entire company to not talk with me. I should say he said don't talk with me about anything uh, political or related to what's going on. But, like, 
Jeff, come on. Like, how is yeah. that not going to come up? You know? So, yeah. um, well, not only for that group, it's like, basically you might as well just go and say, Hey, go talk to that guy over there and see what he's all about. Right. Cause what are, what do we do? Like, that's, that's what you're trained to do is go and find out information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's to find out information. And here's the thing from his little, uh, perspective i i understand because i probably would have convinced a lot of people to see my perspective you know if i really just um but uh yeah so i mean that like i said that was 10 months of just you know i went from uh having this close group of people that i've you know been in a lot of physical pain with and a lot of i've been tortured literally tortured with in seer school and all that um and, you know, obviously some guys spoke to me and stuff like that, but the majority, it was just really not a good time. But uh, here's the thing, like that, that moment was extremely pivotal, excuse me, pivotal, pivotal for my life. Uh, because at that time, you know, I think, especially growing up in this public education system or really any education system with a school, with your average school, public or private, you do not want to be the one standing out. They teach you to just do what everybody else is doing. But at the same time, if everybody else is doing something that's immoral, you know, you have to do something about that no matter what the consequences are. And uh, I just, that's, that's the thing that really pissed me off, man, is, guys would i would bring this stuff up here i didn't want to bring it up too much before i became a ceo because it's like all right you know why is he why is he questioning all of these wars that we could potentially be in but uh yeah. you know like it, you would at this point to to defend the u.s military and what they're doing overseas you have to have your head in the sand and so many people in the military have their head in the sand and they know that these wars are bullshit. They know these fucking politicians are corrupt pedophiles. And, uh, you know, like they just, they look the other way and they want a paycheck. And, uh, most human beings have been squashed down to that state of life for multiple reasons. The money is one, but people have just gotten so desperate, man, where they, they are willing to just wake up in the morning do something they hate that they don't believe in all day just for money. It's pretty sad. Yeah, it, it definitely. I mean, super. I, and I say depressing. It's just one of those things where you're like, well, um, I don't think they're playing this out in their head. Right. And, and I think this is a, a good segue to kind of move into uh, current events. And, you know, like I, I love the the story of actually saying, hey, enough's enough and being a conscious, conscientious objector and, and seeing it through like amazing. Um, but you are obviously multidimensional, like you've you've gotten out, you've you've had a whole lot of uh, training you've had, you know, before that you were just a go getter. I mean, anybody that goes and bites that kind of crap off and and uh, and sees it through. I know, you know, who those guys are. They are you know, task driven. Uh, they they accomplish more by, you know, the time most people wake up in the morning than uh, than anybody else out there will the entire day. And it's meaningful what they're doing. So um, you have started your own podcast, Renegade. You are, you know, starting to, to talk about not only Bitcoin, but current events uh, in this space. And I, I think it is a, a welcome addition is is w- we need more people doing these kind of things. Um we, we just saw that, you know, uh, we're closed trending on Twitter, right? Like it might still be, you know, uh, and, and being into Austrian economics and finance and Bitcoin and, you know, all these things, um, you know, when we start to look at people not wanting to go back to work, not wanting to work at all, right? Uh, and, and they can collect a paycheck from, you know, this government. Do you think that's going to flush out in terms of recruitment numbers as well? Uh, well, before I even say that, I just want to say, I think it's all going to be fine. We're all going to be good. The economy is <laughs> going to open up. The government's going to give us all of our rights. It's good. We're fine. And get the vaccine too. Uh, yeah. Right. That'll wear yeah. a mask. I, I, I mean, I, I can, I know for a fact that recruitment numbers have been down in the last five years, I believe. I know yeah. I read an article a couple years ago saying the army, uh, especially was really hurting for people, which is great. Um, because, you know, I they should be starved of the amount of naive young men that join that that, uh, you know, that system. So 
I, I think it's getting harder and harder to brainwash people the way they have been historically. Because before, without the internet, we just had the TV and the radio. And on the TV and, and the radio, there were like only a select amount of stations. So that's really easy to just get people to be really obedient. But now we have the internet. And of course, there's censorship. But uh, that's still a lot better. Um, and I mean, plus, men have definitely gotten emasculated too. And I'm not saying like, you have to be a man in order, you know, you have to join the military in order to be a man, but like, you know, like men getting more feminine is also probably a factor in that too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, the way I describe it is we, I I tell people who kind of understand what's going on. We are literally in a war right now. We are nothing less than a war. Uh, with, with, with who? That's that's a great question. Really, with anybody that wants to uh, use force over us against our will, and the vaccination issue is the crux of that topic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the crux of that topic. But uh, yeah, I mean, more specifically, I think we're in a war against uh, the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, who Bill Gates is the second largest funder of, other than the U.S. government. Uh, you know, NATO, all these NGOs, the U.S. government for sure, CIA, all of these. Uh, the alphabet you know, boys. Yeah, yeah, the alphabet boys. Yeah, the three-letter agencies. It's yeah. the alphabet boys. That's funny. Yeah, um, I, no, I, I definitely. I mean, I see this as a giant problem. Like, if people are not willing to go back and like put fries in a fryer later for, you know, minimum wage because the government's paying too well. Do you think they're ever going to go out and, uh, and enlist or, or sign up to be an officer or anything like that? I, I see a huge problem with this line of thinking, which is going to probably result in those guys trying to bring back a draft. And can you, I mean, seriously, we're, we're not out of Afghanistan. We're not out of Iraq. We're not out of Syria. We're really not out. We're all over Africa. And you think right now, after 20 something years, like anybody's going to say, oh, yeah, hey, man, I think I should probably go do this when the government will provide college for you for free, you know, like it, it is what they're pushing for. And then at the same time, when they're done with it, it's like, oh, well, we'll just forgive all that debt or what, whatever you've got. And then uh, at the same time, pay for you to sit around on your ass and do whatever the hell you want. Like, it's crazy. Um, yeah. with, with all with all that being said, you know, um, the. The idea of the the minimum wage being fifteen dollars an hour and, and things like that. Um, you're you're into economics and Austrian economies and and all that kind of stuff. Can you can you explain why this is a, a super terrible idea? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm I'm no expert, but I definitely I try and constantly learn about it and read and you know, uh, yeah. I here money is basically. Uh, a unit of human energy and what they've done in the last century is completely pervert that energy. And, uh, you know, what they've done now is by their ability. And I don't know, I don't care who you are. I don't care how good of a person you are. No human being should have the ability to create as much money as they want out of thin air. And that is literally what the federal reserve can do right now and nobody can audit them nobody can stop them um and what that does is it just destroys our ability to save and if we can't save then we can't plan for the future and if we can't plan for the future then we have really no you know especially for my generation the millennial generation millennial generation uh is extremely unhappy nobody's getting married nobody's making money nobody owns a home you know crimes up divorces up so this money that we have, these Federal Reserve notes that we are forced to use, destroy our society, like totally destroy our society. And eventually they get people so desperate that they become, I'm not saying they become animals, but they get uh, to the point where they need to satisfy their basic human needs, food, shelter, etc. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's not a very fun topic for people to, you know, to learn about like monetary history and monetary policy. It doesn't sound fun, but it is the root of all of these issues, especially the minimum wage. You know, I mean, I saw you posted on Twitter earlier. What was it? 
Do you want to explain the tweet? Yeah, man, uh, is basically um, when uh, Bretton Woods, too, came around in the early 1970s, uh, President Nixon and the, and the Federal Reserve uh, came out with this really awesome idea that we're going to just we're going to give you guys Federal Reserve notes that aren't backed up by anything. Right. They unpegged from uh, the gold standard at that point. And until 1970s, uh, when they did this, the minimum wage in America was a dollar twenty five, which was made up of ninety percent pure, you know, five silver quarters. And then the melt value of five silver quarters today is twenty five dollars. So the you know the saying is is we don't have a minimum wage problem. We have a currency problem um in America. And that's because it's run by the goddamn murder cult, right? Like these guys understand that, you know, if they're if they're the guys printing the money they don't have to uh, abide by the justice system, the laws. They're not part of the society. There's an automatic two-tier justice system at that point, um, which obviously creates problems. And you're right. You know, when when you create money out of thin air, which is based in debt, Keynesian economics versus Austrian economics, this is when you have societies that are built on debt and fear and rage and all the the, the terrible, you know, awful, you know, I don't even call them virtues, I guess, uh, uh, almost deadly sins, right? You know, not, not that I'm into religion and all that fun stuff, but like, really you're, you're looking at qualities that aren't great for mankind to flourish. And I think to the point is, you know, the, the destruction that's been done in this past year, um, I think it's incredible that more people aren't talking about the idea that, it wiped out savings. Like it wiped out a ton of people's savings. Uh, you're talking about, you know, just trillions and trillions of dollars that are wiped out because people were either paying people that weren't producing enough. They were paying people uh, to make sure that they were, you know, just taken care of. They were, you know, making sure that their family was taken care of. A lot of people had to dip into their savings to provide for their, their own livelihoods. And so when you destroy savings, Man, what you're talking about is less opportunity for people who are trying to enter a market later because those people and their savings aren't there for people who need loans, right? Who need uh, anything in terms of um, money that's not theirs in capital to start something, whether that's an education, whether it's a business, whatever it is, a charity, like all those things and these missed opportunities that are going to going to you know, really hamstring a quote unquote recovery and quote unquote building back better, right? Like, hey, man, nobody's got any fucking savings anymore. What are we going to do? How are we going to build? Yeah. Like, what are we going to build with? We don't have any money. Yeah. I I think uh, like just going off of that point, it, like what what this does, just destroying people's ability to to save and you have this money that constantly loses its value and you have to take out more and more debt is it just incentivizes people to have immediate gratification. Yeah. And that is like the thought, like not having discipline and, and wanting to pleasure yourself right now in this very moment without waiting. Like that is the core of a society falling apart. I think at least socially, you know? Yeah. And I think you, I think uh, you nail it right there. Right. It's like you immediate gratification when your dollar is going to be worth less tomorrow than it is today. The immediate gratification is, Oh, I need to go spend this because I need to put it into a hard asset that I can actually touch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's that, that is the nice thing because Bitcoin is like, if we didn't have Bitcoin right now, I, I, we would be very screwed. Very let's, talk, let's talk about that for a second. Um, you're yeah. you're a Bitcoiner, man. How did how'd you get into Bitcoin? Why? Oh, yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, so I, I got in in early 2017. I had heard about it for a while before that. I was part of the, the like, uh, you know, the the libertarian anarcho capitalist crowd during that time. He got into it. And, uh, you know, I just bought some in 20 early 2017. And I'd also finished the book, uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island, which totally changed my life. And uh, How long did it take you to get through that? Not, uh, it was a long time. Yeah, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you. <laughs> well, I started in 2007. I think I finished it in like 2009. Okay. All right. I feel a little better then. I feel a little better. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's an interesting uh, story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say that's good because he didn't rush it, but uh 
Yeah, that book, man. I mean, that that really will open your eyes to to how nefarious this system truly is. Yeah. And the fact that the Federal Reserve was like it can be proven that basically six of some of the most powerful guys on the planet privately took a train in separate cars so nobody would know they're together over to this one island for a bunch of rich people to hang out with. Here they told in, everybody they were Georgia. going. Yeah, right in Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they tell people they're going hunting, you know, uh, and really they just came up uh, with the Federal Reserve and the name itself is a lie. It's not a federal entity and they have no reserves. So it's, it's just a complete sham. But uh, anyways, getting back on your question. Um, so I, I just realized all that and I realized the money is the root core of the issue. And if we can fix that, then we can fix so many other aspects in life that are just damaged right now. Um, so that's how I got in Bitcoin. And then as the years went on, probably the next two years after that, I kind of dabbled in, in shit coins. Uh, and then I, I, I just studied more, read more, realized that it's, it's basically impossible for anything to overtake Bitcoin right now because of its network effects. That's my opinion. So I'm, yeah. I'm only for Bitcoin now. Yeah, no, I, I, it's uh, it's one of those things. I think you know there is some opportunity if you like gambling um, with the shit coins, right? Like um, there are some you know bad actors in that space, especially. Um, it's 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 one of those spaces where you know you you better know who you're dealing with. You better know you know who the the proprietors are behind those coins and the algorithm and the whales and all that fun stuff. Um, versus you know Bitcoin, which is well established, uh, and it's one of those things where you know the, the more that you find out about it, the more you want you want to find out about it, right? It's just, just a, a mountain of information. Um, which brings me to some current events with Bitcoin, right? Like you you uh, you run an, an exchange yourself, is that correct? Yeah, I'm the CBDO of a uh, a brokerage called Bitcoin Reserve, and yep. uh, we help people in Europe buy anywhere from one to multi-millions of, of Bitcoin. So uh, yeah, basically a, a brokerage for everybody in Europe. Bitcoin only too, which is cool. It's nice. It's actually really cool working for a company that also holds that ethos, you know, mm -hmm. that could be making money on selling other altcoins, but just we want to stick to our principles. And like, we truly care about spreading adoption of Bitcoin and like I understand some people want to get rich, but uh, I view altcoins as, you know, something that is blocking us from getting the world onto a better form of money, a sound money that's actually going to make this this place a better place to live in, you know? Yeah. Now, can you can you talk to the reason why um, Bitcoin specifically makes the world a better, freer place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I could have a, a bunch of different answers for that. I would say probably one of the most prevalent answers would be the fact that, you know, compared to other altcoins, there's no figurehead. So nobody knows who invented Bitcoin. Uh, there's no CEO, no main representative of it. And as far as how we would make the world a better place, uh, it can't be stopped, which is extremely important because governments you know, their, their main source of power is derived from the money that they create. Sure, they can tax people. That's their other option of, of you know, gathering wealth is stealing money from people. But the, the most effective option for them is just to print money. And so if we just have it, like if everybody on planet Earth said, mm -hmm. I'm done with your bullshit, I'm not going to use your fiat currency anymore that has all seeing eyes on it, I'm going to be can't be shut down by any government, has a limited supply of 21 million, so it can't be inflated. And the best thing about Bitcoin compared to any other altcoin is the fact that, you know, Bitcoin has anywhere from approximately 10,000 to 100,000 different nodes on Earth. Mm -hmm. And a node is basically uh, a small little computer that has uh, a copy of the Bitcoin blockchain that updates every 10 minutes. And in order to kill Bitcoin, you either have to do one of two things. One, you have to shut off the entire internet globally all at the same time to you know, have all these nodes not, not work. Or you have to go around to each and every country that these nodes are in and destroy them, which is impossible. Uh, so it's extremely decentralized, which uh, I, I just think is so powerful and so exciting. And 
I, I know I'm going on a rant here, but I, I, I'd like to end with this. Not only is it cool that we have this technology that can vastly change much of how the planet functions, you know, for the better, but uh, it can also make you considerably wealthy as well. And, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's a great combination. And if people like us can get wealthy and actually change the world physically, then that's a really awesome thing. Yeah. Um, Charles Labar says they want too much for Bitcoin. He, you know, he's obviously kind of uh, sarcastic here. He says, I'm not a multimillionaire. And, and, and he's got LOLs in, in this um, in this uh, message to us. Um, I I want to tell Charles and I'm, I'm sure, Andrew, you'll back me up on this is it's still early in Bitcoin, right? It's, it's still very, very early. We still don't even have the 21 million coins mined, right? Like it's, it'll be somewhere uh, off into the I want to say it's the early 2030s, maybe even 20, uh, 2040s before the last one is uh, absolutely uh, you know mined into existence. I believe it's the year 2140, which is the very last part of the Bitcoin that will be mined. It's 2140, not 2040. Yeah, 2140. That, yeah. I mean, that's incredible in itself, right? It is. It is incredible. Yeah. And I mean, like to, to reply to his comment, I hear that a lot, actually. Like, man, Bitcoin's $50,000, $60,000, but I can buy this taco coin for like five cents, you know, if and it goes to a dollar that I'm rich. But um, the only thing is with that, you know, if you think about it, there are 21 million Bitcoin that can never exist. And there are 7.8 billion people on planet Earth. So right. you do the math and you do the math on the amount of people that actually own Bitcoin compared to the rest of the population, which I believe it's around. It's, it's hard to verify this, but I'm pretty sure it's around two or three percent. It should be more. Even if it's 10 percent, we're still extremely early. Um, so yeah. And then as far as like not losing all your money on cryptocurrency, I want to hold the coin that multi-billion dollar corporations are buying. Yeah. You know, yes. I don't want to hold the coin that just came out last week and, and putting yeah. it into reserve and, 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 you know, financial markets and everything else. Uh, Elon Musk this weekend, uh, really kind of, I don't know. I think stepped on his own dick uh, to, to be very blunt, right? Uh, there was, I think a lot of guys, like I, I was rooting for him. There was a lot of things that Elon did during the shutdowns and the lockdowns and this, you know, dr very draconian last year that I was like, Hmm, you know, I'm taking another look at this guy. I'm, I'm rethinking some things about him. I'm, you know, if, if he's going to turn this corner and become uh, more Liberty and, you know, a, a hawk on Bitcoin, so to speak, uh, start investing his company in it. Um, I definitely want to have another look, but he he basically came out and said something really what I consider fucking stupid, uh, which was, you know, the the impact of energy that's required by Bitcoin and making transactions with Bitcoin is har basically harmful to the earth because of the, you know, the, the, the footprint uh, and the amount of energy that it you know leads to because of coal. And I was just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I think he's way too smart to actually believe that. Like, I, I really do. Because if you if you read into that argument from the Bitcoin, if you go on, like Nick Carter, have you ever heard of Nick Carter? Yeah. Yeah, Castle Island Venture. He, I mean, he's got, he's like the, the you know, most effectively just destroyed all of the FUD around the Bitcoin energy. But, uh, I mean, Elon would have to be like, basically retarded if he actually believes that and he's not you know really what he is is he's a guy that gets uh a ton of money from the government and uh the government probably doesn't like the fact that he bought a bunch of bitcoin with it so it's no surprise to me at all the other thing is uh i i just it's tough because he's such a cool figurehead you know he is a billionaire but like He's pretty he hilarious. Some interesting you know, things, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he like, makes his own flamethrowers, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's got, I don't know, seven, eight, nine different companies. He's into things like SpaceX and he's into things like uh, Starlink and he's into, you know, whatever that flamethrower company is that he has. And you're, you're like Tesla, you know, although it's a, you know, it, 
they've got some improvements to make. Like they're, it's very interesting technology and the fact that it has taken off. And I'll tell you what, those cars are from the future anyway, right? Like there, there's a lot of things I want to, to like about what this guy is doing. The fact that he's done this, uh, you say, you know, you think he's smart. I agree with you, which leaves only one thing that he is corrupt. And, 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 and that's, I'll tell you what, man, if that's the case, then, you know, I want to stay as far away from that guy as possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no way of proving this myself, but are you, I'm sure you were familiar with transhumanism. Go ahead and explain it to everybody that's out there listening anyway. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. I'm not an expert in it, but basically transhumanism is uh, perceived by many to be one of the agenda, one of the many agendas by the elite uh, to basically merge technology and human beings. And, you know, with COVID, I mean, they're, they're very successful at that. The majority of people, uh, well, I don't, I don't know if it's the majority, but a significant amount of people spend their entire day looking at a screen and the internet's cool, but life wasn't meant to be like that. Right. You know, they want people to socialize on zoom. I, I I've seen people having weddings on zoom funerals on zoom and Elon Musk has his Neuralink, which is creepy in my opinion i mean you're, you're bringing chip in your brain so uh yeah. it's <clears throat> i th- i think it's just a, a goal of theirs to pervert human nature humanity as much as possible and if you can merge technology and human beings and if you can control technology then uh you can control human beings so that's essentially like a general outline of what it is yeah, you know, it, I think it's really interesting too. You know, you you look at you know him coming out and you know this trans transhumanism and depopulation effort amongst I think you know guys like Bill Gates. I have you know in my mind people say, well, it's a conspiracy, Shane. Well, listen, you know his dad was part of fucking Planned Parenthood. This guy has obviously done some really bad stuff in places like Africa and India to populations over there with all sorts of injections. I think what he's done is he's revolutionized uh, the the deep you know the deep population effort amongst the Fabian socialists, which his dad also was right. And so to come up in that kind of way and to have that kind of, you know, that, you know, much money, even though he may in his heart of hearts be well intentioned to look at people as though he has this godlike superiority where he can, you know, make life so terrible that people die, right. Or inject them to the point where, you know, uh, they, they develop something like a, uh, 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 what's the uh, the word I'm looking for? A uh, uh, the the white blood cell, the uh, anti immune or the mRNA. Yeah, the mRNA type uh, vaccination, or I should I'll just call them shots. Like I yeah. think I think you're you're right about uh, transhumanism. Uh, I also think it's very interesting um, the way that real actual humans are reacting to them. Right, like when when you look at some guy that comes out and says hey man you know the dogecoin was just a, a joke off after saturday night live and then he comes out and says i'm not doing this uh with bitcoin anymore i'm not accepting uh bitcoin uh the market came back and took his stock and you know crushed it a little bit today i think he lost 25 dollars a share on his stock good i hope he loses more <laughs> Uh, he, it's funny cause he also said he wasn't selling his Bitcoin though. Interesting how he, uh, he put that in there. You know, he, he said he's not selling his Bitcoin. Yeah. Can I, can I touch back real quick on the Bill Gates thing? If that's cool. Oh, I don't want to change do. it too much. Yeah. I just, I mean, you brought that guy up and <laughs> I, I there, there are just so many questionable things about him. Like, like I said before, he, you know, is the second uh, largest funder of the WHO other than the U S government. And, uh, he's currently the largest farmland owner in the U S and I take that shit very seriously. Uh, and you know, if you look at Bolshevism, bullshit, you know, uh, communist history, food is, is, uh, constantly you, the food supply is used against people. And five years ago, if you were to say to the average American, like, okay, do you think the government would ever lock you in your home and not allow you to work and destroy your city? You know, all these things. They would say you're crazy, but now, I mean, if you were to go to the average American and say, do you think your government is going to use food against you? Maybe some people would not be surprised. Maybe people would call you conspiracy theorists, but uh, I don't think that's any any coincidence. I don't think he just enjoys farming, you know, so uh, <laughs> yeah. that's a serious concern, man. 
No, I, I, I definitely get it. You know, it, it's, I think it's kind of cool. Uh, we, we actually just got our garden planted, uh, last week, you know, uh, electric fence and all that kind of stuff up. And, and, and that's a, you know, a note to people. Hey man, if, if you are concerned with these kind of things, you need to learn these skills, you know, you, get, you need to take, you know, a little bit of your, your savings, if you got any and reevaluate, you know, what's important in life, um, and, and see about providing for your own sustenance and, and food and whether it's gardens and chickens or, you know, doing something within your community where you're running a community garden instead of, you know, maintaining the grass at some type of common area, right? Like these are, these are simple things that people could be doing right now, um, that would ensure a, better quality of life in a very bad situation, which kind of brings me to this idea that I've had. Um, and, and, you know, and, and this is just, you know, two, two guys that have been trained by the government to understand kind of what the, the, the MO is before and after, you know, we start making kinetic type of operations, right? Like this is, this is where we live uh, in, in the Marine Corps. Um, it seems to me that that would be and is one of those things that they did use last year when we had food shortages, where they started slaughtering all sorts of livestock that they couldn't get to market on time. Right. Like when you start seeing that, you start to see people not wanting to go back to work there because of the the, the wage, uh, uh, you know, I should say wage, the, the handouts from the government. And then on top of it, you start looking at what's happening in America with energy. Right. Like. Down here in the south, we got hit with a pipeline shutdown, and apparently the same thing happened up north in the Midwest um, where they, they shut down a pipeline because they thought maybe it was leaking. You know, these are all disruption techniques that our government uses when we go into other countries. That's a crazy thought to think. I mean, I, I'm to a certain degree disconnected from it because I'm in Mexico, but uh, that <sighs> – yeah, if the gas gets – cut off that's that's a serious thing and i've had this thought I, I i could totally be just having this in my head but uh i'm a firm believer that predictive programming is a real thing i don't know about your views on that but uh predictive programming go ahead and, and, and explain it for everybody so it's basically when they show you through okay so the media like 95 percent of the media that the average american consumes is owned by one of six corporations right i, I don't remember all but it's like disney uh viacom uh what are the other four i'm yeah, not gonna I, try and I, you're right you're absolutely correct yeah 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 and uh you know i mean they there have been a lot of uh instances where like for example before 9 11 there are multiple uh you know shows and clips and movies that would make somebody think like wow this is extremely questionable why are they talking about something similar to 9-11 happening before it it uh it, it actually happened so more long story short predictive programming is essentially when they show you what they're going to do before they do it and spiritually speaking you know, again, this is up in the air. It would be nice if I could just show you a document that's government verified that says, hey, we do predictive programming, but you got to use your own common sense in your own mind too. But uh, I, I, I think they they somehow need to do this. They somehow need to show us what, what they're doing before they do it. So that way they get some sort of consent. I'm not sure, but- uh, I think it's market testing. You know, I, I really do. I, I think a lot of the times um, you see this kind of stuff in terms of the like how, you know, with all the polling and everything that's almost damn instant, right? You put it on a powerful enough platform with enough people that follow that platform that will take a simple poll on Twitter or whatever it is, right? Like these guys will put shit out there and they'll do testing, right? They'll do testing on messaging. They'll do testing on branding. They'll do testing on all of these things and they'll float stories in small markets where some things don't, you know, come to fruition and, Man, I see it all the damn time. These these little things, um, you know, talking about, you know, when when this was beginning, right? It was like, you know, maybe there will be a vaccine, right? Like it took them a year of people locked in their house and going out and mask it plus to even think about taking a experimental vaccine into their body, and still they're only reporting about fifty percent of Americans are going to get it. 
Yeah, and, and and from that, I mean, there's that there's a study. Uh, there's I don't remember the full acronym, but it's something like vaccine adverse something system. It's basically the government system that uh, you know you use to report adverse reactions from vaccines. And Harvard uh, a few years ago did a study conducting the uh, you know, basically how efficient VERS was at, at recording the amount of injuries from vaccines. And Harvard mm-hmm. said that they only record about 1% of adverse reactions from vaccines. Come on. Yeah, no shit. Del Vinci talks about that. It's, I, it's I, just... I think I actually heard something about that where, um, you know, like it's anything and everything, right? It's like, I don't care if you've got, you know, uh, explosive diarrhea or a headache or like if you got something and you didn't report it and it wasn't recorded or it was blown off by whoever the phys- the, the attending physician was like you're 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 messing with statistical data that needs to come back in terms of you know taking a vaccine or whatever they're going to call these shots um and, and really doing the homework on it i think it's incredible that it's i mean one percent is what the, the people from harvard said huh yeah, I mean it's it's pretty insane. I I know I believe that was from potentially somewhat five years ago, but I mean we all know how good the government is at adapting and changing their systems. So I'm sure much has changed since then. But yeah. uh, I mean, other than that, it's just I I don't. I'll ask people that are super into this thing. Do you know the long term health effects of this vaccine? Have there ever been any studies done showing the long term health effects of this? <clears throat> they don't know. Their doctor doesn't know. The professionals no. that we're su- supposed to trust don't know. And they want children now to be injected with it. Yeah, just go ahead and do it, man. Get it done. I mean, but Joe Biden, the, the president of the United States said, hey, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. That's just now, just today. But he said, if you're not vaccinated, you still need to wear your mask. And you're like, how are you going to enforce this? How also, this- Yeah, also, who are you for telling me what I can do? Like, who the fuck are you? I'm sorry. Yeah. Like these people are just uh, it, it to have the audacity to tell 330 million people what they can do with their own body. Like that's psychotic stuff. It's seriously psychotic stuff. Yeah. No, I I, I agree a, a thousand plus percent, man. It's it's getting it's getting strange. Right. It's getting strange. Um, I, I, I don't understand for the life of me. You know how they got you know almost fifty percent, and I, and I I guarantee you, I think fifty percent is a stretch. You said talked about you know kind of rewriting of uh, the the messaging and statistics and and anything and everything. And you know it's funny, um, you know the great George Orwell, right? You know when you when you read Animal Farm, like one of the the great um, you know I should say you know positions in Animal Farm is the role of squealer. The role of squealer is like the the propaganda, the media side of the pigs that comes out and always is that guy that's like, hey, no, you misremembered. You know, you you're not smart enough to remember the right way. Oh, and what we really, you know, said was this. You know, and they and they man, I just see this stuff going on in the propaganda machines twenty four seven. Yeah, I've never read Animal Farm, but I I I, I totally understand what you're saying. It is. It is crazy. There, there's a war on logic right now. I mean, and there's so many things that are covered up. Like one of the, one of the biggest, most compelling uh, arguments against vaccination in general, not just yeah. this this COVID one, is Dr. William Thompson, who is, I believe, he's still currently working for the CDC. Had uh, senior scientist of the CDC came out uh, a few years ago and said that vaccines cause autism. And not only did he say that vaccines yeah. cause autism, he said that there was a deliberate effort by these high up officials to cover up the evidence that it causes autism. Yeah. Pretty insane, man. I mean, and and then aside from that, the CDC has never conducted any studies whatsoever comparing vaccinated groups of people versus unvaccinated groups of people. You would think that is the most basic study. You would think that's the first study that should be conducted with all this stuff, you know, if they're out I, touting how important these things are. I, I imagine too. And it's, it's even crazier is, you know, the day that Joe Biden comes out and says this, um, I think it was Webster's dictionary redefines the word anti-vaxxer, right? Like 
it, it like it's getting pretty fucking creepy, man. Like it's like it's it's the double speak department, right? It's a yeah. new speak double speak department out there that's coming out and, and just man, you can just see it. Like, hey guys, you guys understand we got screenshots, right? Like, <laughs> shit is not going away. It's nuts. Yeah, no, it is nuts. But uh, like, I I just I'm past the point of trying to. Con- I don't want to say I'm past the point of trying to convince people because I'm always for the rest of my life going to speak about all of this stuff. But like if it's been over a year and you're still drinking the Kool-Aid and you're probably not going to change your mind. So at yeah, this point, what, yeah, don't waste your time. I mean, what, what we got to do now is just build. We have to build. We have to separate ourselves from these cities. We have to not take their, you know, their stuff they want to inject in us. We have to, grow our own food, all of that stuff. Cause it's getting divided in, into two groups of people, the people who are the normies, the blue pill people who just take this vaccine. They want to live in cities, all that. And then, you know, the outlier, like people like you and us, where we live outside of the city uh, and have a completely different lifestyle. Yeah. And not only a, a lifestyle where we don't, you know, if we're if we're paying attention to these these clowns in the propaganda, you know that I don't know how you get on you know on TV and continue to say the stuff that they say. Now, they either have to be epically stupid, which I think most of them are. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt in this in this comment. I think they're all well, the majority of them are epically epically stupid, and the ones that aren't are are corrupt and they're okay with the money and they're okay with being part of, you know, you know, suckling on the power tit to, you know, to basically have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth in salary coming in, um, you know, that they'll put into whatever they want. But this, um, you know, this idea that you can't, you know, you're not going to save everybody. Right. It's like, at this point, it's like concentrate on people who are almost there and, you know, Let's split them off. Let's let's bring them into the fold and say, hey, man, there's there's a better way than the GOP. There's a better way than the DNC. And we're here for everybody. Right. It's like we're going to teach you guys about real money. We're going to teach you about real economy. We're going to teach you about homeschool. We're going to teach you about, you know, homesteading and and farming and things that will save your freaking life when shit really hits the fan. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, that's that's a really great way to put it. Actually, we should focus on the people that are almost there, <clears throat> people that can kind of be be saved. That's one way to put it. Um, yeah, your life is a lot better if if you don't live the way they want you to live. Your life is uh, going to be a <laughs> way better. So yeah, well, I totally agree. Let's talk about that for a, a second too. Um, and I, I know we got to be wrapping up here pretty soon. Um, the the idea of you know your your life being better you're you're in mexico man and we don't need to give out any locations because yeah, that's why you're in mexico right um but how has your life been impacted this past year because of the government so for starters i'm, I'm gonna say i i don't live in a fantasy world like i we still have annoying covid issues here mm-hmm. But they are nothing compared to the majority of the world. I mean, Mexico, I think, is one of, what, five countries that doesn't require a PCR test upon entering. Yeah. So that's cool. And um, as far as how my life has been impacted, it's just since I've moved here uh, over a year ago, it's just gotten significantly better. I mean, the culture naturally is comprised of people that just hate the government. So and I love Mexican culture, too. So it's like, man, my people, you know, Um (laughs) But, uh, you know, I mean, they, they know their government is corrupt. And I actually went to a place called Chiran, uh, C-H-E-R-A-N, Chiran, Mexico. And that town, ten year, exactly 10 years ago, it's a town of 36,000 people, too. It's not a few mm-hmm. thousand. It's 36,000. So, you know, fairly sized, obviously small, but that's a good amount of people. Sure. And they kicked their government out of the town 10 years ago. They kicked the cartel out. Oh their mayor, their police, everyone. And you enter and uh, they have dudes, you know, young, mid 20 year olds with like full on guns, full on, you know, everything you need. And uh, they have a sign when you enter that says uh, not, I think it says not governed by political propaganda, governed by traditions and our customs. 
Wow. Which is pretty that's fucking a huge, awesome. That's a huge statement down there, man. Like it's, it, yeah. I mean, that's a, with, with as much power as the cartels have and all those kind of things. And as much as the, our government, you know, through CIA and ATF and, you know, all the bastard, the fed boys out there that prop those guys up and give them what they need. That's a, that's a huge, huge deal. Um, otherwise was, you, I mean, like, has your life really been impacted? Do you think? Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of the, the day to day, do you, you kind of feel fairly normal compared to the rest of the world uh yeah it's 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 pretty nice i mean it's it's pretty nice i i mean some things are annoying like they like for example when i enter i i only want to shop with people who you know don't require me to wear a mask and for the most part that is largely possible but sometimes you got to go to the gas station and buy some water or something but when i do that i'll enter and i'll have it like right here you know mid lip and then i'll just immediately pull it down and you know the majority of the time nobody cares and um but uh i i'm actually going to be moving pretty soon to an area to a state where i mean it's not a thing at all you can go everywhere yeah. without a mask um and uh yeah and they, they don't do anything like uh you know people have parties here uh it, it's just again it, it depends on where you're at if you're in mexico city in certain parts it's it's a city you know if you're in a city they're, they're gonna have more control but outside of the city uh it's just a great place to be i should also say as far as the food topic we were discussing mexico is a failed state it's like it is legitimately a failed state. They had hyperinflation in the '90s. Most people here are, you know, they're great people, but they do not have a lot of money. But uh, they can definitely be self-sufficient. I mean, people grind out here. People have their own. So many people have their own businesses. So many people produce their own food. So that's that's the kind of place I want to be when when shit's hitting the fan. Yeah, no, I, I I totally get it, man. It's uh, you know, one of the the reasons of why I relocated to a mountainside. It's like I I don't need the rest of society, right? Like it's it's one of those things where you know eventually you know it'll be totally self sustaining. This past year, because we homeschool, uh, because we are you know out away from everybody, it's like the the impact compared to most people has been you know not felt because we've made the investment in our lives to be more self-sufficient. You know I mean? It's not just money. It's, it's, it's skills, right? It's, it's those fundamental skill sets where you understand pH of soil, you understand timing in terms of getting things into the ground and protecting it and keeping the pest out. It's, it's all these, you know, attributes of society when it was more free and less taken care of and less manipulated, uh, by a central authority. And I, I think it's one of those things that I, you know, I, I probably should talk more about because you can do so much with just a little bit of land and a little bit of money um, and, and a little bit of skill. I mean, for God's sakes, if, if, if the two of us can do these kind of things, right. It's like the rest of you guys, like you guys, you're way smarter than us. You didn't join the, the, the military to begin with. Right. So it's like, you gotta, you got, you definitely gotta be way smarter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I haven't, I have not started the process yet. I'm getting very close to, uh, you know, purchasing some land. It's looking in about two, like in about two months, so I will actually have land and, you know, out in the boonies and I already put a deposit down and all that. But uh, yeah, the, the, the permaculture idea is just so cool because, and I don't know how much you've, you've studied permaculture, but uh, I mean, I'm sure you put it to use, but like the concept is awesome. Like essentially once you're, you're done planning everything and building what you need to build your source of food just takes care of itself. Right. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. It, it's an, it's absolutely incredible to see uh, people who have kind of mastered this entire process, right? It's like, you know, year after year, they have these harvests that not only feed themselves, but feed the community around them. Um, a lot, you know, will support the, the local wildlife and things like that as well. Or if they've got, you know, uh, livestock, they're, they're, they're providing for their own livestock on their own property. And it's a, it's a really cool thing. It's, and it's something that the, the government never, ever wanted you to do, or else they would have taught you about it, right? Like in their government indoctrination courses, but Hey, uh, we we're, we're running up on an hour now and I want, I want to make sure everybody knows how they can support you, where they can find you and everything else. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I'd say the best place is Twitter 
And my account is Andrew underscore J underscore Howard. Uh, and then I, I have a, my new podcast that I started, which is The Renegade. And currently that's on YouTube, but I'm going to start uploading to you know Spotify and other platforms as well. Uh, so those are the, the two best places to find me, Twitter and my YouTube. Right on, man. And well, hey, I, I really I, I thank you very much. I'm looking forward to what you're going to do in this space. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that we have got an, an international brethren out there in Mexico, man, really kind of a, a, a cool thing um, to have you on here and introduce you to, to this crowd and audience. So I wish you the best. Um, I will be keeping up with you for sure. And uh, like I said, you got a you got an open spot in here, open spot here on Radical anytime. I appreciate yeah, it. was a blast having, having this conversation, Shane. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Right, Thank you. Take care. Ladies and gents, that was Andrew Howard, the renegade brand new podcast, another recon guy. Um, and you know, guy right after my own heart and we didn't even get into jujitsu. Oh my gosh. I wanted to talk about that for a second. I didn't even get into it, but, um, Go out there, check them out. If you have loved this show and you love what we're doing and growing and all that kind of stuff, because you guys are such wonderful people, go out there and spread the message. I've got 121 reviews on Apple. Go out there and leave me a five-star review. I will le- read it here on the air. Um, if you would like to become a patron and support this show and help it grow even more, you can go to patreon.com slash radicalpod. And last and not least, oh, actually, I've got another one. Um, if you want to bring something to my attention, you want me to have somebody on, you got anything I need to take a look at, send it to Shane at radicalpod.com. And I will have a look at it in good time. Um, And lastly, if you're out there and you got YouTube, go out there and be a subscriber on YouTube. I have failed. uh, I've failed in in cultivating a following, maybe for a good reason, because who knows when it will be deplatformed over there. But anyway, um, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Uh, For those of you guys who are going to be in PA, this weekend, I will see you at the convention. I am looking forward to seeing a whole bunch of Mises bomb droppers, flamethrowers, man. It is going to be fire spitting. It's going to be a good time in PA. So can't wait to see you guys there. But until next time, I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff.